Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. This morning we are continuing in our 2021 theme, Multiply, right? Come on, say multiply. multiply. In Acts chapter 6, verse 7 says this. Let's read it together. Then the word of God spread and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly, right? That's right. All year long, our aim is to do what? To multiply the culture of Jesus through the words of Jesus. How is it that the culture of Jesus, the values of Jesus get multiplied through his what? Through his what? Through his words, right? And for that reason, we have been and are continuing in 2021 to read through word for word, chapter by chapter through the gospel of Mark, through the words of Jesus. And we're going to continue that this morning. Man, we're, we're going to get, I mean, it's going to be June next week. Can you believe it? And today we're barely getting through Mark 4. Help us, Jesus, right? <laughs> we might have to speed it up a little bit in the coming months. But we've been reading word for word through the gospel of Mark. And so far, just in three and a half chapters, we've learned about baptisms. We've learned about our purpose. We've learned about souls. We've learned about the core values of the gospel. We've learned about diatribo, right? We've learned about what real discipleship is. We've learned about the power of our spiritual family. We learned about the four different ways we can hear God's word, right? And we're going to continue and finish Mark chapter 4 today. And in honor of the men's encounter retreat, you know, we always end the encounter retreat teaching about discipleship. And today I want to share uh, this topic I call kingdom discipleship. Kingdom discipleship, all right? Who's ready to learn how to be a kingdom disciple? Come on, poke your neighbor and say, kingdom discipleship. <laughs> and what do I mean by that? I want to share with you today some realities about the kingdom of God. And mainly, this is what we're going for today. How does the kingdom of God work? Come on, ask somebody, but how does it work? You know, we, we talk about and hear about and pray the kingdom of God, right? But how does it actually work? Turn to somebody else and say, but, but how does it work? All right, we're going to learn about that today, about how it works. But let's start with this. What is the kingdom of God? What is it? Very simply. Okay, first of all, you have to understand that the kingdom of God is not something mystical floating around out there in outer space in some dimension beyond reality, right? The kingdom of God is very real. It is not mystical. It is real right now. What is the kingdom of God, all right? Are you ready for this? It's very simple. The kingdom of God is the place where God is present, and he rules as king. I think the most important word in that phrase there is the word and, all right? 
So I want to say it again. The kingdom of God is the place where God is present and he rules as the king. I want you to think about the United Kingdom. And pardon if I offend. I don't mean to offend any Brits or Australians or Canadians or New Zealanders or anybody that may be here or watching or anything. but, But the United Kingdom, present day United Kingdom, right? We call it the United Kingdom, but is it really a functioning kingdom like a kingdom really is? No, it's not. Why? Because the United Kingdom has the king, or in this case now the queen, right? But she really doesn't rule. kingdom of God doesn't look like that. In the United Kingdom, the king or queen is present. She's recognized as the queen, even almost venerated and honored and, you know, and all these things. The queen, you know, long live the queen, hail the queen, right? But she doesn't actually rule. There are other people in charge, right? You know, they have a prime minister and, 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 and uh, not Congress, we call it Congress, they call it Parliament, right? I say all of that because I want you to think about your life and about Christians and about the church. So often, many people recognize that Jesus is the king and yes, he is present But he is not ruling. And that, my friends, is not how it works. The kingdom of God, in the kingdom of God, Jesus is not only present. And not only do we recognize him as the king, but he demands to be the real ruler. To be the real kings. Come on, somebody say, Jesus is king. So uh, the kingdom of God is not some mystical, ethereal dimension out there. The kingdom of God is a very real place right here and right now. The kingdom of God is wherever Jesus is both present but also ruling as the king. Where he really truly is in charge, right? Both John the Baptist and Jesus, referring to the kingdom of God, helping us understand the kingdom of God is not just something that one day is going to come and when we go to heaven we're going to go there. Both John the Baptist and Jesus talked about the kingdom of God being where? At hand, right? Can you touch your hand? Come on, touch your hand. That's how close the kingdom of God is. It's at hand. It's so close, you can touch it. The kingdom of God is so close, you can enter into it. You can be a part of it, right? The kingdom of God is here and it's now. So the question is, if we know what the kingdom of God is, we know that the kingdom of God is the place where God is both present and he's ruling as the king. Where is it? Where is it? Come on, turn around and ask somebody. Where is it? 
All right, now turn the other, other way and go, is it over there? How about over there? Is it up there? In Luke chapter 17, verses 20 and 21, one day the Pharisees asked Jesus, the Pharisees who thought they knew about the kingdom of God but had no clue about the real kingdom of God, they asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? And Jesus replied, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say, here it is, or it's over there. For the kingdom of God is already within you. Amplified. We're reading a lot of the Amplified this year to really dig deep in the word. The kingdom of God is already within you, among you, and in your grasp. Next phrase, Jesus says, because of my presence. Because I'm here. Because the king is here. Come on, say, the king is here. And because the king has come and the king is here, the kingdom of God is not one day. The kingdom of God is here and it's now. And it's so close. You can enter right into it. You can live in it. You can carry it. You can actually extend it and release it, right? The kingdom of God. It's in us. It's among us, in our hearts, and growing through our lives. The kingdom of God exists and expands inside the heart first where Jesus is making his presence known. That's where the kingdom of God starts, right? The kingdom of God exists and expands through the life wherever Jesus is ruling as king. So if he's ruling in your heart, he can also rule through your life, right? The kingdom of God in you. And through you. Come on, say the kingdom of God in me and through me. Uh-huh. The kingdom of God, oh, here's our word, multiplies through disciples who serve Jesus as their king. If the kingdom has come to you, the kingdom can come through you. Simply put, simply put, all of that to say, the kingdom of God is and is where ever Jesus Christ is Lord. Yeah? Now Jesus Christ is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the name above all names. And yes, the day is coming soon when every knee is going to have to bow and every tongue is going to have to confess, rather we did it in this life or not, that he is the Lord. But guess what? We have the greatest privilege and the greatest opportunity to experience the kingdom of God here and now in our lives and for that kingdom to come through our lives into our world. The kingdom of God is wherever Jesus is Lord. Come on, is Jesus Christ your Lord? Oh, come on now. I, I, not just that you recognize him as the Lord. Whoo, come on. I got to ask myself this and remind myself, this of, uh, myself of this often. It's not do I just believe he is the Lord. No. Is Jesus ruling my life? 
If he is ruling my life, he is my Lord, and the kingdom is in me, and it's going to come through me. So, if Jesus is king, then we are disciples of the king, and we're disciples of the kingdom. Turn to somebody and say, I feel disciple of the king. So, and, 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 and if you're not, listen, if you're here today and you're like, I'm not a disciple of King Jesus, become one. You're invited into the kingdom right now. You don't even have to wait for me to get to the end of the message and, and, and pray for you. No, right now, right there in your seat, make Jesus the king of your heart. The kingdom will come into you. But how does it work? So if Jesus is my king, the kingdom is in me, and he wants to bring his kingdom through me, how does that kingdom actually work? All right? So for that, who's ready for the word today? Let's go to our chapter, Mark chapter 4. We're going to finish out the chapter today, which is verses 20 through, uh, 20 through, 26 through 41. And for those of you that like to really dig deep, Mark 4, 26 through 41 can also be found in Matthew 8, Matthew 13, Luke 8, and Luke 13. All that we're about to read, you can find it in those other four chapters. Are you ready? If you would like to follow along on the screen or in your own Bible, let's start with verse 26. Then Jesus said, the kingdom of, of God is like a man who throws seed on the ground and he goes to bed at night and gets up every day. And in the meantime, the seed sprouts and grows. How it does this? He does not know. Anybody ever planted a seed? Anyone ever planted a seed and, and it actually sprouted? <laughs> Did you stay up all night? First of all, you'd need x-ray vision to see under the soil to see what's happening. But did you stay up all night worrying about that seed and, and how it needs to sprout and how it needs to come up? Or did you just go back the next day and check and then the next day and about the third or fourth day all of a sudden, bloop, right? He doesn't know how it happens. He just goes home and goes to, goes to sleep and comes back and checks and there it is. The earth produces crops by itself. First the blade, then the head of grain, then the mature grain in the head. But when the cripe ripen, uh, ripens, ripens, he <laughs> ripens, when the crop ripens, he immediately puts in the sickle to reap because the time for the harvest has come. All right? We're going to come back to that because that's how it works. All right? Let's continue. And he said, how shall we picture the kingdom of God? Or what parable shall we use to illustrate and explain it? Hmm. Jesus is like, what's my best story about this? And I don't know if he grabbed one or not, but here you go. He said, can you even see it? Probably not. Unless you have a super good vision, you might not even be able to see this. And my hand, he said, hmm, it's, it's like a mustard seed, which when it's sown in the ground, even though it is smaller than all other seeds, that are sown in the soil, when, yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden herbs, right? 
and it puts out large branches so that the birds of the sky are able to make nests and live under its shade. How does it work? I lost the kingdom. <laughs> I found the kingdom. Hallelujah. All right. The reason I have my little box here open was for that not to happen. So, doggone it. We'll come back to that in just here in just, uh, just a minute. All right. Let's keep going. With many such parables, Jesus spoke the word to them, and uh, as they were able to hear and understand it, and he didn't say anything to them without using a parable or, or fictional symbolic stories, right? He did, however, explain everything privately to his own disciples. We're going to come back to that one too because that's also how it works. Let's keep going. On that same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go over to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. So leaving the crowd, they took him with them just as he was in a boat. And the other boats were with him. And a fierce windstorm began to blow and the waves began breaking over the boat so that it was already being swamped. But Jesus was in the stern taking a nap. It says he was asleep with his head on the sailor's leather cushion. And they woke, up, uh, woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care that we're about to die? Anybody ever told Jesus that? <laughs> and he got up and sternly rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Hush! Think of your mama. Hush! Kajate! Right? Be muzzled. And the wind died down as if it had grown weary. And there was at once a great calm, a perfect peacefulness. And Jesus said to them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith and confidence in me? That's also how it works. We're going to come back. They were filled with great fear and said to each other, who is this? They'd been with him already. They'd seen him do a lot. But now they're saying, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? All right. Ask somebody one more time. But how does it work? We're called to be disciples of the king and his kingdom. But how does it work? Now today, um, pardon me, normally when I have the privilege of teaching you the word of God, I give you three points, and they all start with the same letter, or they rhyme. Or, but today, I don't have any of that, all right? Today, I just have five phrases on how it works, right? You know, like when you get a, an instruction manual, it doesn't always, the, 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 the instructions don't always start with the same letter, and they definitely don't rhyme, right? And today, I, I, I just don't have that for you today. But what I do have is five ways, practically, that the kingdom of God Works for disciples, right? The first one is, are you ready? This is how it works. The first one is, we do the natural work. God produces the spiritual results. We do the natural work. God produces the spiritual results. Let me say this. God will not do our part. Yes? Jesus already came and did everything. It is finished. Hallelujah. And he poured out the Holy Spirit upon us and with us and inside of us, right? He's already done it all. 
God will not do our part. We have to do our part. But he's the one who gives the results. I don't know about you, but that takes the pressure off of me. Because oftentimes I feel like I've got to produce the results. But I know, all, I know some Christians that are like waiting for God to do the work and the results. Let me just tell you this. If you're waiting for God to do all the work and produce the results, ain't nothing going to happen. Because God will not do my part. He won't. But when I do the natural part, when I do the thing that I can do, he will bring about the results. Let me just give you some practical, practical examples. The Holy Spirit will not read your Bible for you. But you can read your Bible. You can do the natural part of opening up your Bible or your iPad or however you read your Bible on a daily basis, by the way. Very good idea to read your Bible on a daily basis. If you want to see results in your life on a daily basis, anybody want to see God kind of results in your life every day? All right. Get in his word every day. If you'll do that part, the spiritual part, he'll take care of. He'll give you revelation. He'll give you understanding. He'll lead you. He'll give you his life, right? Natu you do the natural part, he'll do the spiritual results. God, even though he helps us do this, God's not going to pray for you. Even Jesus, who is God, had to pray. He did the natural part. You take a look in the Gospels. You always find Jesus trying to get by, always trying to get alone. He had a hard time. But he was always trying to be alone with the Father to pray. And because he did that, he did his part. God brought about great power, right? We do the natural work. God brings about spiritual results. In evangelism, listen. Jesus isn't going to share the gospel with your friends. You are. But when we do the natural part of sharing the message of the good news, sharing our testimony, right? Giving people the gospel, God will produce a miracle in people's hearts. He gives the results. We just do the natural part. In making disciples. Jesus isn't going to spend time making disciples. He already did that. He already gave us the example. We do. We take time to be with people, to teach people, to lead people, to help them follow Jesus. And you know what? The spiritual results part, the Holy Spirit will do the work in their heart and help them follow Jesus. Come on, say, I do the natural work. God produces the spiritual results. That's how it works. Okay? That's how the kingdom works. The second way it works, and this is the most important of all five. This is the number two. Jesus takes over everything. Everything. We do the natural work. God produces the spiritual results. Just like... The natural part was sowing the seed in the ground, right? I just planted the seed, and all of a sudden, God did something with it, right? Same thing. Jesus takes over everything. He said it's like, it's like planting a little tiny seed, like a mustard seed. It just goes into the ground, but then not long after that, you have the largest bush in the whole garden. So big that there's bird nests in it, right? 
It's taken over. In fact, it provides shade. That's how big it is. That's how the kingdom of God works. Listen, the gospel, are you with me? The gospel is just a message. But this little message changes everything. Absolutely everything. This little seed turns into the plant that takes over the entire garden and gives shade to all, right? Jesus takes over everything, I can tell you. Look, Jesus even repeated not only referred to it as a seed, like a mustard seed. In Matthew 13, he called it yeast, right? Now, I know most people have probably at least planted a seed, and maybe a few of you have ever made bread, right? Anybody ever made bread? Okay. So yeast is even smaller than a seed. It's tiny little powder, right? What happens when you put a teeny tiny little dab of yeast in a big old bowl of dough? What happens? Only that one little part where the yeast touched grows. No, it spreads through the entire batch of dough, and it makes the whole thing rise, right? That one little bit of yeast. This is what the gospel does if we truly receive it. Jesus takes over everything, and I can tell you, let me just tell you from my own personal testimony. Listen, when I, I grew up, you know, going to church, but when I was a teenager, a sophomore in high school, I really, truly received the gospel for myself, and I was radically born again. I received the message. I didn't totally understand everything to this day. I still don't understand it all. Anybody understand it all? I'm still learning. I'm still growing. But let me tell you this. From, since I was a teenager, the gospel has taken over every part of my life. My entire life is consumed by the gospel. My marriage, the reason I married Liz was because of Jesus. The way I spend my money is because of Jesus. The career that I'm in is because of Jesus, right? My desires and my dreams and my plans. The way I raise my children, the way we raise our kids and lead our family. It's, it's all, Jesus is everything to us. Jesus is not part of my life. Jesus is my entire life. And the more I live for him, the more he takes over. Question, has Jesus taken over everything? In your life. He's he taken over your all. If not, receive the gospel today and let him fully take over everything. Amen? Amen. Number three, only committed disciples can grasp spiritual realities. Come on, say again. But, but how does it work? It's, it's, we read Jesus said he told stories to everybody. But when he was alone, it says he privately explained everything to his own disciples. And I don't really have much to say about this. It's, it's pretty, pretty self-explanatory. Come on, everybody wants to know the truth. Hello? But not everybody wants to do what it takes to know the truth. Not everybody wants to pay the price for the truth. Because the truth can only be discovered by committed disciples. Spiritual realities can only be received and grasped and lived out by those who are committed to follow Jesus closely, not from a distance, 
not Jesus, I like you, but Jesus, I surrender all to you, right? That's why we, we, we sing songs like, I surrender all, and all-consuming fire, right? Because only committed disciples, only those who are truly following Jesus closely will be able to understand his truth, his words, right? That's how it works. Let me just say this. The truth is available to all, but only discovered by those who follow Jesus up close. I think I need to say that again. The truth is available to all, but only discovered by those who follow Jesus closely. Closely. I, I, I always call this, this is, just, this is just discipleship perks, right? There's a lot of perks for following Jesus, Jesus up close. We have to surrender all, but we get more than all. <laughs> we get way more than we ever give up to follow Jesus. And you know, and this is why I, I really highly encourage you, get connected in and committed to a discipleship group with a bunch of other guys or, or a bunch of other ladies that are following Jesus up close so you can help each other. In fact, I, I didn't know if I was going to do this today, but I, I don't have time to say your name. If you are leading a discipleship group, just quickly stand up. Quickly stand up, wave, and make a scandal. All right, all right, all right, all right. There's some in here. There's some in the back. If you're leading a discipleship group or even starting a new one, all right, stay standing. Come on. I want everybody to see you. If you're leading a discipleship group or you're about to start a new one, all right, all right, and there are more. There's some that are working, serving in kids and stuff like that. Thank you, guys, all right. I encourage you, get with a bunch of other disciples that are following Jesus closely. And together, together, you'll be able to learn and grow. Amen? All right. How does it work? How does it work? Number four. <laughs> this one's fun and scary at the same time. Number four, following Jesus leads us into supernatural encounters. If you are not experiencing anything, if you've never experienced anything supernatural in your life, check the Jesus you're following. Because <laughs> he is beyond the natural. He is not a religion. He is not a good idea. He's not a list of teachings. He is real. He is powerful. And his power is available to you. You know, I don't have time to read back through it, but they got themselves into some trouble. They got out there on that lake, and then a big storm came, and Jesus was taking a nap because he was tired. Right? But then all of a sudden, they woke him up and, stop it, silly wind. And they experienced his supernatural intervention into their situation. Have you ever experienced God supernaturally intervening into your situation? Have you ever experienced God supernaturally providing for you? Have you ever experienced God supernaturally healing you? Have you ever experienced God's power supernaturally setting you free from some sort of addiction? Have you ever experienced the supernatural power of God performing a miracle, making a way where there, where, where there wasn't any way? Has God ever made a way for you by his mighty power? The, the power of Jesus is more than a theory. And there will be a lot of times in life when you're going to need it. 
But if you follow Jesus closely as a kingdom disciple, you'll experience his supernatural power again and again and again and again. He's always ready to come on the scene and intervene. Following Jesus closely will lead us into supernatural encounters. That's how it works. And the fifth way the kingdom of God works is the more we follow Jesus, the more we know who he really is. The king, right? They had been with him for a while. They had just seen him perform miracles. They had heard the teachings of the kingdom. But when they saw him calm that wind and those waves, they said, who in the world is this? They already knew him, but they didn't know him that much. Let me just tell you, the more I follow Jesus, the more I get to know him, and the more I get to know him, the more I realize I don't really know him all that well. I'm hungry to know Jesus more, are you? But that's how it works. The more you follow Jesus, the more you get to know his real identity. Come on, somebody. He's not just this guy you hear about at church or read about in the Bible. He's real. He's here. His kingdom is right in front of you. You can enter in. It can be inside of you. It can grow and expand through you. He's the king of kings. Jesus is God. That's why he had control over the wind. See, I don't think the disciples had yet understood that their Messiah, that they already believed in, was literally God himself in human form. Jesus is the king of the universe revealed to us visibly. And when he calmed those, that, that wind and those waves, they knew. He's more than we thought. There have been times in my life when I go, Jesus, I knew, but you more than I thought. <laughs> the more we follow him, the more we get to know him. Just very quickly to conclude this. How does the kingdom of God work for disciples? First of all, we do the natural work. God produces the spiritual results. Number two, Jesus takes over everything. Number three, only committed disciples can grasp spiritual realities. Number four, following Jesus leads us into supernatural encounters. And number five, the more we follow Jesus, the more we know who he really is. He's the king. That's how it works. Jesus takes over everything. The question today as I get ready to close, and I'm going to ask out of reverence for the presence of God for the next few minutes, let's not be distracted. If, if possible, let's not get up and down and go in and out. Let's just reverence his presence right now because I want you to listen to his voice. He's speaking to every heart today. Jesus Christ is the king. Is he your king? Jesus invites you to follow him as his, as his disciple. Are you following Jesus closely today? Jesus offers you the greatest message, the gospel. But that gospel, if you truly receive it, will totally take over your life. Has King Jesus possessed you? Has King Jesus 
taken over every part of you. If not, make a decision today to believe the gospel, to receive the gospel, to start following Jesus. Make the king of kings your king today. Make the king of the universe. Surrender to him today as the king of your life. He'll take over all. And now, let me just say this very quickly. I'm not going to take a lot of time on this, but some of you have recently decided to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Some of you have maybe recently surrendered to Jesus Christ as your Lord. You know what? One of the first things he says we ought to do if we've made him our Lord is we ought to publicly declare it by getting in the water and getting baptized. Some of you may have followed Jesus at one point in your life, but you've been backslidden. Maybe you've recently come home to Jesus. Maybe today you're backslidden and you're here and you're coming home to Jesus today. I'll tell you this. Whether you've never publicly declared it before through baptism or you already did and you ought to do it again. Rather, you need to rededicate your life to Jesus. Not this Wednesday, but the next Wednesday out at Ackworth Beach at Cobble Park, okay? We're going to have a public baptism service, okay? Two Wednesdays from now. If you want to declare that Jesus is your Lord, I would encourage you to be baptized. Because he's the king. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. Jesus came lived, died, and rose again to make your way back to God. Have you been born again? I didn't say and Jesus didn't say, have you simply believed? Have you simply accepted the idea that Jesus is the Savior, that he's the Lord? question isn't, do you come to church often? You ought to do that, but that's not the question. The question isn't even, are you going to get back to church quick? The question isn't even, do you read your Bible? The question is, have you been born again? Have you passed from death to life? Have you left your past, your sin behind and turned away and turned your life completely over to Jesus Christ as your Lord. That's called being born again because you literally get a new life. He doesn't fix your old messed up life. He gives you a brand new one. Have you been born again? Just for a moment, if everyone in the house could bow their head and close their eyes, today I'm going to I'm going to make three or four different calls for prayer. And the first one is, have you been born again? If you have not been born again, if you haven't truly received Jesus Christ as your Lord, and today you want to be born again, today you want to surrender your life to Jesus, I want you very quickly just to lift your hand and say, that's me. Today I want to be born again. Just go ahead and do it. Come on, I know that that's somebody in the house, all right? Who says today, I want to be born again? Who else? Says that's me, all right? Who else says that's me? Praise the Lord. You need to receive a new life. Today you're making the decision. I'm turning away from sin. I'm turning away from myself and my own ways. I'm surrendering to Jesus. I'm born again today. Anybody else? All right, here's the second one. If some, sometime in your life before you have received Jesus as your Lord, 
Maybe you really say, I, I really truly was born again, but I have been backslidden. I used to follow Jesus more closely, but I haven't been following Jesus as closely lately. Today is the day to rededicate your life to him. If that's you, every head, every, uh, uh, every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's you, pop your hand up real quick. Say, that's me. I want to surrender my life to Jesus today. I want to rededicate my life to the Lord. I want to truly surrender to Jesus as king. Anybody else? Say, that's me. All right. Praise God. Some others truly need to make a decision to make a real commitment to take the next step in discipleship. To not, and this is the call. Maybe you realize I've been following Jesus, but not closely. I haven't allowed Jesus to really take over everything, but today I surrender all. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.